What is going on, Bills Mafia? Welcome into the sit-down presented by Dolph's Famous Wings, hosted by myself, the Sauce God, at Buffalo Sauce God, across all social media platforms. We're live here on the Built in Buffalo Networks Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. I'm joined here with my co-host, as always, Mr. Mafia Montage, at Lance Nelson, B.I.B. How are we doing, brother? Doing good, doing good. Sauce God and Bills Mafia, how you doing today, huh? It's uh, the middle of Rob- summer, I know, and uh, we're at June 22nd here. But uh, still some fun stuff to talk about. I love football. I hope you guys do, too. And that's why you're tuning in. And uh, my guy Sauce God's here along with me. So today we're going to kind of get into a little more of the fantasy side of things, a little bit of a, um, a little bit of some betting and, and just all around um, talk about how the bills stack up in that sense in, in fantasy football and in which players um, you may want to look at and not look at, and just overall our thoughts on this team uh, moving forward in in the betting world and fantasy world for this show. Of course, and if you guys are just now tuning in, don't forget to hit that like and share. Keep those comments flowing. Of course, questions from Super Chat are heavily prioritized. If you send stars on Facebook as well, that'll get your comment highlighted. That'll get your question asked, whatever it may be, Bills Mafia. So Lance and I have got ourselves a kick-ass show planned. A little bit of less Bills news Per se, you know, we all know about Stefan Diggs, but we're not going to discuss that a ton. We're going to get more into the betting side of things, DFS, Bill's future picks, and all that kind of stuff. So let's kick the show off here, Montage, with a little bit of an introduction, huh? Yes, sir. All right, so we have our countdown to the NFL regular season's first game, which is 77 days away. We are getting closer and closer. We're in the dog days. But, of course, I want to say this before we really get into anything else in the show. There are a lot of national media people talking about Stephon Diggs' situation where he is currently said to be unhappy with his role in the play calling on offense. And I just want to say, Bills Mafia, don't read too much into it, right? These kind of things come out. These kind of reports come out. I mean, everybody said that DeAndre Hopkins didn't want to get paid top dollar, and we all know that that wasn't true, right? So don't read too much into the situation, Bills Mafia, but you're live here in the sit-down on the Built the Buffalo Mavericks Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. So if you're just now tuning in, hit that like button, hit that share button, hit that subscribe button. If you're watching on Twitter, do us a favor. Please hit that retweet button, follow the page, and then come on over to YouTube so you can join us in the comments and you can have as much fun with Lance and I right here in the sit-down of course, presented by Duff's Famous Wings. So, Montage, um, let's get right to it, man. I, I see we got a couple comments that are saying, hey, what's up? Um, we got who who's coming in here, Bobby? Yeah, look at that. Hey, what's going on there, Bills? Uh, uh, by the way, Bobby just had Sal Capaccio on. I just want to say that. That's really awesome. So, congratulations, Bobby, on a successful show. Uh, Montage, what do you got for us here, brother? As far as the comments go? Is that what you're looking at? No, we can get, we can kind of just. Uh, Mom saying hello. Uh, Chris loves your jersey. Appreciate it. Dope jersey, Mr. Sauce. Mr. Sauce. (laughs) Mr. Sauce. I like that. Of course, it is the Sauce God here hosting the sit down as always at Buffalo Sauce God across all social media platforms. Joined here with my co host and the president of Built in Buffalo at Lance Nelson BIB, man. So follow us if you guys are already doing so. But Montage, are we just going to get right into our usual segments here? Yes, sir. Yeah, we'll just right. uh, go through the segments and kind of, uh, you know, it's it's a little bit 
more probably of a, of a quick hitter today. If you guys have topics you want to discuss on the bills, um, we'll be happy. But this this top this um, show was all designed to be around more of the fantasy sports, the betting side of things. Um, just you know, that's what you know we can tell you guys about right now with uh, you know new yeah, content rather than just reiterating stuff that um, people are already talking about. Uh, and of course, that's because here. we are getting nearer and nearer to training camp. But right now is that kind of brief period where we don't have a ton of NFL news, right? You know, you're seeing other teams participating in their mandatory mini camps. You're seeing players that want to get paid. We still have DeAndre Hopkins and Dalvin Cook on the free agency market. So, I mean, right now there's just less Bills news, which is a good thing, right? Because I've said this before, that if there were Bills news, most likely would be due to injury or something else. And of course, we're seeing Stefan Diggs and some other things in the news that we're not exactly happy about seeing. But, um, and again, I'm going to make a comment on that, that don't read too much into what's going on with Stefan Diggs. He was there at practices. We all know, we've discussed, we've all seen it, right? But we're going to roll into some betting picks today. We're going to talk a little bit about DFS today as well, because, you know, it's one of the reasons that I love sports, right? When I'm watching football, Lance, I don't necessarily care for any other team except for the Buffalo Bills. Of course, there are times where there are implications where a team may, you know, it might infect the, the playoff race or the seating or something like that or home field advantage, right? But we're not looking at that. We want to look at these betting odds, right? Because betting, for me, is something that gets me through Sundays where we don't have the Bills playing yet. So I like to always do this, right? For those of you that aren't big bettors, this is what I do. I make like a $5 14 parlay. Now, if you guys don't know what a parlay is, what a parlay is, you got to pick all correct picks. So if you pick four spreads, right, all four of those have got to hit or push in order for you to win that bet. But a 14 parlay is going to pay you more than just a straight up bet, right? So that's why I like to do that. It makes more games interesting. So if you guys have ever had any experience with betting or parlays where you guys got any picks that you have already made or tickets that are active, share them with us because we are very curious and we're going to dive into some of those futures and betting props for those Buffalo Bills throughout the show. But montage, just get right into it. We're bada bing, bada boom. This is the army where you shoot them a mile away. You got to get them close like this. Bada bing, bada bing. Bada bing, bada boom is the good things that we've seen in the world of sports this week. So montage, why don't you go ahead and start us off here. What do you got for bada bing, bada boom this week? Yeah, um, there's a lot of good things going on. I think um, for me, the best thing I've seen in the world sports is uh, I'm going to go with just seeing some training camp schedules released, uh, both the Bills and Sabres kind of keeping some stuff flowing here. Like, all right, it's not too far off. We, you know, we mentioned 77 days. It's 11 weeks until the kickoff of the regular season. But in the interim, um, starting in July, you'll be able to go see um, the players live and in person at St. John Fisher uh, for training camp. So I uh, love that those schedules are coming out. We can start planning some summer activities around football. Um, I love to consume football all year round, uh, regardless of what's going on. Just um, getting eyes on guys like Deontay Hardy and um, things like that. Uh, you know, we want to see James Cook kind of in that lead role. We haven't seen Damian Harris necessarily, you know, in a practice setup. We'll see how he is coming off the um, injury, whatnot. So, yeah, we got a lot of good things to check out at training camp, I think. And I'm excited. 
uh, the schedule. Yeah, out. we'll comment on this one here in just a little bit about you know Tyreek Hill allegedly being in trouble or being investigated for assault and battery in Florida. Um, and here's another comment too about Dawson at his kids' camp too. Um, which is pretty awesome. But before we get into that, I want to say the best thing I've seen in the world of sports this week, and it's something that has been going on in Buffalo since 2017, is the 11-day power play that is going on right now in the city of Buffalo. Over 2,000 volunteers are coming to skate and participate in the 11-day power play, which is to raise awareness, I believe, for cancer, or it might be Hodgkin's lymphoma specifically. But either way, Wow, incredible to see 11 straight days, basically, of hockey going up and down the, the, the rink at the Harbor Center in downtown Buffalo to raise awareness. And I, I think that that says a lot about the community of Buffalo as well as the community that, um, you know, the, the outreach that we have with this community and the way that we are able to make an impact with one another. I like to see exactly what's going on there at the Harbor Center right now. So if you guys are curious, check it out. The 11-day power play is currently going on in downtown Buffalo at that Harbor Center to raise awareness, as I said, again, for cancer, Hodgkin's lymphoma, it does not matter. We've all been affected, I'm sure, in some way or another by uh, cancer and how ugly that is. So that's a pretty damn cool thing going on, Montage. But let's go to some of those comments real fast before we move on to our next segment here. Uh, the first one that I want to talk about as well. Um, and then, of course, I see, Chris, you also asked about DraftKings. We'll get to there as well. But Hill getting in trouble. Montage, have you seen much about this situation? I just heard that the the two things i've heard is that it was a it was some sort of assault and battery type deal and that the um the i guess guy who was on the other side of it wants to press charges fully so that's the only thing yeah from what i heard he slapped the guy on the back of the head uh his head or whatever and then allegedly the guy didn't want to press charges from what I heard. And then the NFL and the dolphins were investigating the situation because even if he, let's say he is found to have done something, but the guy that he had, he had committed this act to doesn't want to press charges. The NFL might still want to do something right. The NFL still likes to discipline their players, even if they're not actually going to face any legal ramifications. Right. So I am still curious to see how this situation is handled, especially because Tyreek Hill has been in the news previously in the past, um, for a situation like this, I think he actually was caught beating his uh, pregnant baby mom or I don't know, something like that. So the situation is is definitely um, it's unfolding more and more, but we're not exactly too sure of what else is going on with it at this present moment. And we've actually got a comment right here. Chuck says they're waiting for the video to come out. So I'm sure that when that video comes out, um, either there's going to be a public reaction to this or there's going to be a reaction from the NFL you know, resulting from that as well. So I, I'm definitely curious to see um, how this situation is handled. And Montage, this this comment right here as well, money will settle the problem. I don't necessarily know that, especially when Tyreek Hill has already been in the news for this. And, you know, the NFL is going to want to do something if if this video were to come out of such an incident. So Montage, what do you make of this? Yeah, I think that it's unfortunate that, you know, the guy has to, himself in that situation um more than one time uh, but you know it's it's tough the, the way things are unfolding the way that people have access to, to other players and other um, you know with social media and things i think that people get a false sense of being able to maybe um, talk a certain way to an athlete because they think there's no repercussion and you know i don't know the story of, of what all went down, but it's like, um, sometimes it's, you know, is the fan being unruly? 
and kind of gets what's coming to him or you know was Tyreek Hill out of line I guess I wasn't there I have no idea but we'll kind of find out probably if the video's out and things like that but a lot of times you know I think these players do find themselves in a little bit of a tough situation at times where they kind of just grit their teeth and and, and move on uh, you know as I when I was younger I can't uh, necessarily say I didn't have my fair share of, of heckling um, after a good tailgate, you kind of get all amped up and you, and you, you know, if you see even just other fans or whatnot of the, of the opposing team, um, things can be said. So, um, yeah, you know, I don't really want to sit here and talk about the things other than what's happening in Buffalo today, but yeah, Tyreek Hill finds himself in trouble again. And, uh, that's kind of one of those things. I think this is worth, uh, bringing up here during the Bada Bing segment too is Josh carrying Dawson Knox at uh, tight end university there. That's uh that's really cool. Um, you know, that they're there and they're working hard and uh, just love to see that in the off season. Just a good, uh, you love to see how incredibly yeah. strong Josh Allen really is, you know, carrying his tight end at tight end university. It's pretty cool to see, obviously, but uh great comment from John Robert there. And of course, if you guys are just now tuning in, you're live here in the sit down, on the Built-in Buffalo Network's Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. This is presented by Duff's Famous Wings, hosted by myself, the Sauce God, at Buffalo Sauce Garage, across all social medias, and co-hosted with my guy at the Mafia Montage, at Lance Nelson, B.I.B. And if you guys are not already doing so, hit the follow for the Twitter page, hit the like for the Facebook page, hit the subscribe for the YouTube channel. And, of course, Built-in Buffalo is in partnership with PLB Sports, Picasso's Pizza, West Hurt, and Ticket IQ, as well as Underdog Fantasy. So we've got more of a show planned here ahead. We're going to dive into some of the future betting props and future picks that involve the Buffalo Bills, MVP odds for Josh Allen, and all that fun stuff. So if you guys are here, keep those comments flowing. If you got anything that you want us to say or you have any sort of uh, questions, remember that Super Chat and Facebook stars are heavily prioritized. So send those in if you want to get your comment or your question seen right here in the sit-down or you got to want to get Mafia Montage in my attention. So... Uh, let's go to our next segment here, Montage. Uh, forget about it. And that's the ugly things that we've seen in the world of sports this week. Let's play a little clip here to get you guys. Uh... What's forget about it? If you disagree like a Lincoln is better than a Cadillac, forget about it. All right, forget about it is the ugly things that we've seen in the world of sports. And that right there is a topic that I love to have, right? Because it's got you saying, forget about it. Mafia montage, what's got you saying, forget about it this week? What's the ugly things that you've seen? Yeah, trying to be a Yankees fan right now is uh, pretty tough. And I know that's probably something you were going to talk touch on too, but uh, boy, Aaron Judge continues to be out and the Yankees just continue to sputter. So uh, dropping a series to the Red Sox, just uh, one of those things. Um, it's not, not fun to... to to play and then you know i'm just going to say this because i'm not a big fan everyone's kind of hyping up the nba draft and uh wabanyama or however you say his name Wabanyama. Uh, i don't uh nba is trash in my opinion so forget about it. yeah the nba is is a little bit of a trash league per se you know it's a little bit of a soft league but i definitely am very excited about this Wembayama kid i mean the way that he is you know built the way that he's got an offensive arsenal, they're expecting this kid to come in and average 22 and 10 and take that Spurs team to a different uh, level this year after, you know, a couple of years of no success, basically after so many years of straight playoff appearances for that San Antonio Spurs organization. So uh, what I've got for this week for forget about it, I think honestly, 
when I thought about this one, it was kind of tough, right? Because I haven't seen too much that was ugly. But today it came across. The Celtics trade for Chris Stapps Przingis. And all of a sudden, speaking of betting picks, they are the number one title favorite for the NBA this year. Now, in my opinion, even though it is hard to repeat, the Nuggets should be the, uh, the, the current favorite, right? Because they won the title. They look like a team that is unstoppable. And they're a team that is somehow going to still get better, right? They have great, they got great role players. They got two great leaders in Nikola Jocic and Jamal Murray. So how does Chris Stamps Porzingis being traded for, for Marcus Smart and a couple other picks, you know, and boss montage with boss sauce. Amen to that, Izzy. We appreciate the heck out of you. Tune in to Izzy on Sunday nights, by the way, in the Red Zone Report here on the Built of Buffalo Mavericks Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. But again, going back to this whole situation, how does Chris Debs Brzingis all of a sudden make you the title favorite? You lost Marcus Smart, your best perimeter defender, one of your inside locker room pieces, one of the guys that has really just been an unquestioned leader for this Boston Celtics team, even though I don't care for Boston sports. How on earth? Do they just all of a sudden launch themselves in the title favorites with a guy who has not even been available to really play for most of the NBA seasons in recent years, right? So I just don't understand it. That's got me saying forget about it. Um, Montage, any other comments real fast that we want to highlight before we move on? Yeah, John's saying here, I'm waiting to see who starts at middle linebacker. And I know that um, everyone's excited because, that you know, that's another person when you talk about the training camp schedule coming out is that, uh, Dorian, getting an eye on Dorian Williams at that middle linebacker spot, he should be there and get be getting a ton of reps. Um, they're going to give him every chance to learn and play there. So I think that um, it's going to just be fun to get out there and see the guys. I know it's just practice, and um, you know, as Allen Iverson made famous, you know, we're, we're not talking, talking about, about a game, just talking about practice. But but look, man, we haven't been able to see uh, the team on the field in a long time. Um, you know, I was on the field just a couple of weeks ago with my son. It was, it was great. And, uh, I can't, uh, I can't wait to see, um, you know, to see those guys back at the stadium. Uh, and my son's going to go with me to the first preseason game. So I'm pretty excited to have him in the stadium, but, and middle linebacker, um, you know, Dorian Williams, there's a lot of exciting, uh, new talent here this year for this team that I think, um, you know, people are sleeping on. And that, the reason I wanted to highlight that and, and get into this is the other thing I want to say, forget about it is everyone's sleeping on the bills. They don't think that the Trent Shurfields, the Hardys and those, and the additions they McGovern, those guys on the offensive line, they added Lawrence. I, I think that you got to realize that the bills didn't go out and, and they said they weren't going to make any splash moves or sign any big names. I mean, they kind of made a splash in my opinion with Leonard Floyd even, but you know, I think that the the media just hyping up because the Dolphins got Jalen Ramsey. They're all of a sudden going to be better. I don't I don't see that happening. Um, the Jets got Aaron Rodgers, which you know, if he was thirty four year old Aaron Rodgers, um, MVP caliber Allen Rodgers, that you know, that's something. But uh, you know, I don't I don't know. So it's um, it's one of those things where uh, the media is is going to take the bait and, and go for the high marketed teams in Miami and New York and, and sleep on Buffalo. So they can forget about it. Exactly. And if you guys are just now tuning in, don't forget to hit that like and share, keep those comments flowing. You're live here with the sauce God and mafia montage on the built of Buffalo networks, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter right here in the sit down, which is available on audio podcasts after the show is completed. 
And of course, live every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the Built the Buffalo Networks Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, presented by Duff's Famous Wings. And let's go into our next segment here of the Victory Formation Montage, which is going to feature Josh Allen's MVP odds, offensive over-unders, and a little bit more. All right, so let's get into it here. I've got your NFL future betting odds, and right now for per Caesar Sportsbook, and yes, by the way, I am on DraftKings for uh, our guy Chris that was asking about that. I am actually on every single one of them at the moment. I actually prefer to use DraftKings, but these are right now, according to Sportsline.com and according to Caesar Sportsbook, the 2023 NFL regular season MVP award. Right now, the highest odds, or I'm sorry, the, the lowest odds, as in who's most likely to win is right now Patrick Mahomes at plus 650. But coming in at second, tied at second, is both Josh Allen and Joe Burrow at plus 750. Now, I like those odds, right? If you put, let's say, now for those of you that don't understand how betting works, you take a plus 750. If you put if you put 100 hours on that bet right there, you put 100 hours on Josh Allen to win MVP, and he wins, you'll win 750 plus your 100 back that you bet, right? So you're going to collect 850. You're going to put 100 hours to win 750 because, you know, again, those odds are technically a long shot. We've got to play a full season. We've got to have a great full season. We've got to have great team success. But I like that for Josh Allen, a plus 750. I think in the year that he's put on the Madden cover, it adds a lot of hype to it. A lot of us are talking about what kind of offensive season Josh Allen's going to have. So I'm curious to what you guys out there are watching, what you guys think in the comments as well. Uh, I think that Josh Allen right now, is is a great pick at 750. I'm not just saying that because I love the guy. I'm not saying that because I'm a Bills fan. I don't think that Joe Burrow is a great pick at 750. I think Patrick Mahomes at plus 650 is an understandable pick, but let's also remember you lost Juju Smith. Your your receivers right now are Marquez Valdez Scantling, Kadarius Tony, should he be healthy? And then of course you got Travis Kelsey at the tight end position, right? But are the Chiefs necessarily better than they were last year? We're not sure yet, right? So I think that Josh Allen got himself a new target with Dalton Kincaid. We're looking to come back and do some similar things with Stephon Diggs, hopefully have a healthy Gabe Davis, and James Cook at the running back one position, and a little bit more success on offense because of the continuity and consistency, right? So I like that for a pick, right? Now let me pull up some other uh, quick ones real fast too. So let me see right here. We're going to look at the most regular season receiving yards, and I want to talk about where Stephon Diggs is there. You got Justin Jefferson at plus 600 for that. Jamar Chase at number two for plus 700. Tyreek Hill at plus 800. Cooper Cup at plus 900, which I don't see that happening one bit this year. Devontae Adams plus 1400 is the next. A.J. Brown plus 1500. And then Stephon Diggs. So let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seventh in the uh, props right now for the most uh, receiving yards at plus 1800. So if you think he's going to pop off, for the most receiving yards, Bills Mafia. Right now, Caesar Sportsbook is offering you plus 1800. Slam 10 bucks on it, you'll win 180. Slam 100 bucks on it, you'll win uh, You'll win 1800, right? Montage, what do you make of those two, just specifically before we get into anything else, what do you make of those two sets of odds? Yeah, I think Josh Allen being the second odds on favorite to win the MVP is certainly where, um, where he should be. Uh, you got to give Mahomes the edge right now you know, before the season starts and we'll see where it goes after that. And then um, with the dig situation, um, you know, he's put in an awful lot of work. 
I think that people are going to underestimate the additions of Hardy and Sherfield with still having Shakir and the addition of Kincaid and how that will benefit Diggs. Teams are going to have to find out early on. So I expect early on for those role players to have a big impact. But once the Bills show that those other players can beat them, um, defenses are going to have to lay off Steph a little bit more. And I think once they do that, you're going to see um, a pretty good year for Diggs. His projections are pretty low. I'm just looking at um, Mike Clay's projections for the Bills roster here uh, from ESPN. And he's got Diggs at projected 97 catches for 1,204 yards with eight touchdowns. And um, I think that's awfully low, 1,200 yards. I think yeah. he's going to have more. I think you have a minimum 15. And that's kind of the, you know, kind of transitioning a little bit into this offensive over-unders. What I, you know, what I wanted to um, get to was kind of some projections. I don't have necessarily any one sports book over-unders right now for what somebody's going to get into a season. But I just wanted to come up with the projections. Um, and I'm using the ESPN draft kit, the fantasy football draft kit. So you guys know where I'm getting these numbers from. It's Mike Clay's projections. Um, and, and I want to just go over some things with you here. So, again, what do you, what do you think the projection is for Stefan Diggs? And in the comments, uh, you guys can let me know, too. 1,204 yards. Um, it seems like they got the targets and receptions in the ballpark where they have 142 targets and 97 catches. You know, but I think he gets over 100 catches and well over 1,200 yards. Um, I just don't see him falling down that far. Uh, from that. Yeah, personally, I if should we correct all those woes that we've talked about, if we correct the situations and we are able to go back to Stefan Diggs the way that we were able to last season so heavily in the beginning, I think that he's going to easily have at least 120 catches. I see him having over 1,400 yards, as John Roberts said. Has he ever had anything below that, right? I don't see Stefan Diggs taking a step back, and I think that everybody is kind of buying into that too much because of all the noise that has existed going into this regular season, right? But it, to me, don't read into it so much, right? He is there. He's ready to play. He's getting paid. And when he starts getting the ball fed to him and we start winning again, Stephon Diggs is going to be just fine, those Mafia. I'm telling you that right now. But I want to bring up another one real fast, Montage. This is an interesting one. For the most uh, regular season rushing yards, way, way down the list, coming in with the same odds, are James Cook and Josh Allen at plus 10,000 to lead the league in rushing yards, which I thought was pretty incredible to see, right? You know, James Cook ain't getting no – a plus six thousand. He's getting plus ten k, just like just like Josh Allen. So well, the Bills um, just have you know a, a stable of backs, and they're just not a run first team. They're not going to hand the ball off. So I get that. I, you don't see you're not going to see um, a Buffalo Bill leading uh, the league in rushing while Josh Allen's at quarterback. I think that's going to be um, nearly impossible. So if you get if there's a way to like bet that he doesn't come in the top ten somehow, I mean I would take that you know that, but. Um, just to touch back on John's here, um, he has had under 1,400 yards uh, quite a bit. So in 21, he had 1,225, 19, 1,130, uh, 18, 1021, or 1,021, and then less and less. So, um, you know, he just came on the scene really big with two 1,000-yard seasons in Minnesota in 18 and 19. 
but it was you know 1021 and then 1130 and then 2020 went off for 1500 yards and then 21 went back down to 1200 last year 1429 they really fed him uh the ball he had 154 targets with 108 catches but i think you know he's stuff. had four seasons where he's had um 100 catchers or more and i think in 19 he might have been hurt a little bit because it looks like he only played yeah, 15 games sense. so so i would say you know Diggs is still on pace to hit the 100 reception mark and um i would be more in the 1500 plus area for Diggs, and in, in my opinion just because i think that what's gone on is only going to fuel him it's not going to be a detriment to his production and i think that he's going he's showing how much he's working in the off season and he showed it last year too and i just think that um you know with the way he's going to fuel himself with that anger that he has um is is going to be a, a benefit not a detriment as people are taking it. exactly now here's something i wanted to highlight real fast too um Another future betting prop for uh, provided by Caesar Sportsbook is the most regular season passing yards. Currently, Patrick Mahomes is a plus 420 favorite to win that. Uh, Joe Burrow is coming in at second at plus 600. Justin Herbert at third at plus six, uh, 750. Kirk Cousins at fourth at plus 800. And then Josh Allen fifth at plus 1100. Do you take any disrespect to Josh Allen being fifth on that list? Or do you think that's more so because he's going to have more rushing yards added with his uh, total production rather than just passing yards. Yeah, his projected passing here um, is pretty low as well, 4,163. I think that's really low. Um, if we look up quick, I'm on I'm on this here so I can just see. But the, the passing leaders last year, uh, Mahomes had 5,200. Uh, Herbert had 4,700. So uh, Brady had 4,600. Cousins with 4,500, and then Burrow with 4,400. So I think that, you know, Allen came in seventh at 42. I think he moves into the top five, and I think he has 4,500-plus passing yards this year. Um, they just they have so many weapons. I don't see how um, they're going to be able to contain him. I think that the Bills have done a lot this year to focus on where they – didn't get yards after the catch. So guys that, you know, were, were catching the ball and going down pretty quickly or catching the ball um, and just not able to, to turn up field. Now they've got guys like Kincaid who can, you know, make, make a big catch down the field that may have been dropped last year. We've got guys like Hardy with just an insane uh, yards after the catch ability um, replacing, you know, McKenzie who's dropping balls. And then Here's something like else that. I want to highlight real fast. This is huge. Mafia, right here. If you believe that the Bills are going to win that AFC East division again the same way that I do and the same way that I have the confidence that they're going to do so, Caesar Sportsbook is giving plus odds, meaning if you put 100 hours on the Bills to win the AFC East, you'd win 125 plus your 100 back because they are currently a plus 125 favorite with the Miami, uh, sorry, the New York Jets coming in at second at plus 250. So right now, Vegas thinks the Bills are taking the AFC East. I think they're taking the AFC East, and it doesn't even look like the, the Miami Dolphins are even second favorite to take the AFC East right now. And then you got the New England Patriots at plus 800 and fourth, of course. So I like that as well. Mafia, if there's a bet that you like right there, 
that might be the one right there. So Mafia Montage, any other things that you want to highlight real fast before we get into some more um, over-unders and stuff like that? I'm going to take a look at some Bills future specifically as well, too. Yeah, I'm just going to go into the over-unders here if uh, while you're looking that up, if that's uh, good with you. And I'll be just asking you kind of, you know, we touched on this, but they have Allen at uh, 4,163 yards. Uh, you taking the over or under on 4,163 passing yards for Allen? Over. I think he's going to hit over 4,500 minimum. I'm not going to go through every little stat for every guy, but for the for Allen and Diggs, I'm definitely going to. And then I want to go through some some other little ones here. So sticking with Allen, um, they have him at 31 projected touchdowns passing. Um I think that's insanely low. I think it's... I think he's going to have somewhere around 37, 38 minimum passing touchdowns. If he's going to have another like 10 to 13 rushing touchdowns, you know what I mean? I don't see Josh Allen having anything less than 45 total touchdowns. I see him more closer to 50, if not North of that number. Uh, that's my, I have him at 31 passing and six rushing. So that's kind of the touchdown numbers are, are pretty low, which is what it is. Uh, 13 interceptions, which, I think that's pretty spot on for Allen. I think, you know, you could see that he, unless he changes his willingness to take what the defense is going to give him uh, more often and just not, um, you know, try to throw, throw these balls up there. Now, I mean, it's a, it's a double-edged sword because every time he doesn't throw it to digs, you know, that adds to his frustration. So you have that. So I think that plays into where, you know, Allen may not, um, be, be throwing to the open guy because he's waiting for, for digs to kind of come open. Maybe that's a thing. I'm not sure, but I, but I think the, the interception um, may go down, but I think 13 is a good at this stage in June, having 13 as a projection is pretty, pretty good. Um, I think it's a spot on projection, but I'm definitely taking under that. And here's why I'm taking under that because I really think that Josh Allen Last season played a little bit more freely, right? I think that coming in with his, his Condorcy having a, him as the first, uh, his his first year as offensive coordinator, and I think that Josh Allen having all the MVP ambitions and the the Super Bowl ambitions and everything that was placed with the team kind of just opened up the door to being a little cocky per se. So I think that this year we've been humbled a lot more, and I think that Josh Allen's going to tune up those interceptions, and I don't think that we're going to have so many plays where we shoot ourselves in the foot offensively drops or drops that turn into interceptions, Isaiah McKenzie, right? So that's kind of why I think that those turnovers are going to kind of come down a little bit. But if you guys are just now tuning in your live here and the sit down presented by Dolph's Famous Wings on the built-in Buffalo Mavericks Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter hosted by myself, the Sauce God at Buffalo Sauce God across all social media platforms and join here co-hosted with my guy, the president of built-in Buffalo, Mr. At Lance Nelson BIB. So if you guys are just tuning in, hit that like and share, hit the follow, hit the subscribe, and make sure to tune in with us every Thursday night here at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you can't catch the live, remember that this is via uh, audio podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify Podcast, wherever you may get your podcast. Built in Buffalo has got you covered, and the sit down will be available the next day after the show is live. So, Montage, you ready to move on to our pain train segment, or you got anything else you want to highlight real fast? I got a couple more things that we're going to go through here. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Um, got some time. So um, last year, Allen rushed for 770 some yards, uh, 776, I guess it was. So um, he is projected rushing at 632 yards this year. 
Um, so I found that pretty interesting um, that he was um, projected to have 100 less yards. Now, you would think that bringing in some more running backs would help um, that, but I think that giving the fact that the Bills are snapping him the ball, having him drop back, um, that he's going to still need to run the ball effectively. So even if they give him um, less carries, which they have 11 less carries, but they've got him at uh, 130 less yards on 11 less carries. So I don't see um, that projection too much. I would hit over uh, 630 yards if there were a bet on that. And then just real quick, the last couple of things I want to touch on is just um, some of the projections for our receivers here and see where this comes in. Um, Kincaid projected at 494 yards, Knox at 409. They have 46 catches and 38 catches respectively. Um, so both with four touchdowns. So I found that interesting on the, on the tight end front where they kind of split um, a productive tight end in half and gave those numbers out to Kincaid leading the way in targets and catches and yards, and then Knox coming in right behind him. So how do you see um, that split working out just real quick between Kincaid and Knox? Well, I don't understand where all the uh, necessarily like the, the expecting the Bills offense to not perform so well and like not having so much as far as statistics come in. I mean, not even just the tight ends, Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, right? So where's all the disrespect coming in from um, these projections is, is beyond me. But I think that Dalton Kincaid will get his targets. Dawson Knox will get his targets. But I see Dawson Knox finishing with more yards than 400 or whatever it is. And I see him finishing with maybe like six or seven touchdowns total. And yeah, maybe Kincaid doesn't necessarily get that standout offensive production numbers, right? But he is also a rookie. I can't expect the world of him. But I still expect that he's going to have maybe more than four touchdowns, maybe more targets. It just all depends. How do they come in? How do they mesh with this offense? How do they start to fit in? How do they make use of the targets that they do get? And I think that both of these tight ends are going to find a way to do so. And that's what the Bills brought him here to do. And, and that's exactly what I expect them to do, Montage. Beautiful. Um and then we already kind of went over Diggs numbers just to highlight here. Um, the So Kincaid at 494, Knox at 409 projected. We had Davis projected at 765, which this guy almost went over 1,000 yards last year. Yeah. Um, I expect the Bills to have two 1,000-yard receivers this year. I'm just going to say that now so you know where I'm at. I'm, I mean, I don't know what these people are, are – really looking at as far as what the Bills offense is going to do or going to be. But I mean, you have a top three quarterback. I don't think you're going to, that anybody is going to really argue if you say top three quarterback. So I'll be conservative on that. Um, I think Josh Allen, and I've said it again, uh, I've said it a million times, but to me, Allen's the best player in the league right now. I think just his ability to scramble and make, keep plays alive do things like jump when he's at the sideline so that he could throw a ball. Um, it's just, he's in another world. There's people that are not doing their jobs that make the success less than you'd like it to be. But, you know, if you look at just pure quarterback talent and the way he can impact a game, he gets every snap into his hands. I mean, he is the 
face of the league right now. And you know that because he's on the cover of Madden, right? So that kind of gives you an idea of he's the most video game like player in the league. And that kind of tends to lend itself towards who's the guy that's the most freakishly athletic that can do the most things on the football field. And the answer is Josh Allen. So, um, you know, I think we're, I think we could see two 1000 yard receivers this year. And then they have Khalil Shakir leading the next group of receivers with 322 yards projected. So they have 322 for Shakir, 225 for Hardy, and 174 for Sherfield. I think that's really off. I mean, I again, they only have him. That's the funny thing. They have, oh, they did match it up. So they have Allen playing only 16 games and Barkley playing one, and they've got 41-63. Um, and then Barkley at 252. So the total... 44, 15, 4,415 yards total passing for the Bills offense. I just think that for a pass heavy offense with bringing in all these weapons and you're saying 40, less than 4,500 yards, but then projecting them to win 12 games, they're not going to win. They're not going to win 12 games without getting more yards. They're going to need to, you know, they've got a they've got a really tough schedule and I don't think they're going to be able to take it easy and be able to, you know, chew clock with some runs and things like that. I think this is going to be an up tempo, um, high flying, high powered offense. I think you're going to look to get Allen in the 5000 plus club for yards. Um, and, and there's no reason with the way this team is structured and the help they brought in on the offensive line that he couldn't reach that. So. I think there's some very, very low projections here. Again, this is just one guy, uh, Mike Clay, projecting for ESPN. And, and look, um, you know, Peter DiBiase is out there on Twitter. He's my co-host on Tuesday nights. If you guys don't follow him, you should. Um, he's a senior at Providence College now going for sports media. And he's got some projections out there on his Twitter page as well for, for what the yardage is he thinks guys are going to – the production guys are going to have this year. Um, and just the last thing I'll touch on, is um, James Cook and Damian Harris, uh, 688 yards rushing with four touchdowns for Cook, 507 yards rushing with four touchdowns for Harris, 35 catches at 270 yards for Cook with two touchdowns. So 35 catches kind of surprises me looking at that, but then the yardage doesn't necessarily get there. And they've also got uh, 36 catches with just about 270 yards as well for Naheem Hines in there. So really interesting. Uh, again, you know, I didn't do projections this season. Um, I may not do them. I'm not sure. I haven't really, I mean, there's still time, but I mean, just everyone's kind of got theirs out by now. So it can be more of a copycat. So I, you know, just going off, you know, what the information is here, I'm just saying, I think it, it's a light offensive projection for an offense that may, surprise some people and um and i i just saw something so i want to just ask you about it do you know how many yards stefan diggs had rushing last year Oof. zero nope less than that he had one rush for negative three yards so it's like reggie bush that, that one year he had like what like minus minus five yards or something like that for the bills he, yeah he did have a couple you know he they did include him on some uh rushing you know they actually obviously keep track if he's um 
Here's the thing too. I'll say. He has had some some rushes um, in his career. Let me go back to this page just so I can see it. But so he's had um, at least one carry every year. Nope, he didn't have one in 21. Every year but 21, he's had at least one carry. Um, his highest rushing total was 62 yards with Minnesota in 2018, but he had 61 in 2019 on five carries. So he had a 12.2 average there. Then he, with Buffalo in 2020, he had one yard on one attempt and last year, one attempt for minus three. So um, I'm going to say this year, Stefan Diggs is over zero yards rushing. I like that. Very good pick. Um, so anything else? Here's the other thing that I want to say before we move on, actually. So I think that Gabriel Davis is more than likely going to surpass, I think, a thousand yards this season. Should he be healthy? I think we'll see the offensive numbers spread out. Should we not have two thousand yard receivers? We'll see more like Khalil Shakir has five hundred, Dawson Knox maybe with seven hundred. We're going to see more offensive production than they are projecting from us right now, and I know that because this Buffalo Bills offense is capable of being that explosive, and we've seen it right. We've got nothing to lose right now. We've got everything to gain. So I like that. But if you guys are just now tuning in your live here in the sit-down presented by Dubs Famous Wings on the Built-In Buffalo Mavericks Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, hosted by myself, the Sauce God, at Buffalo Sauce God, across all social media platforms, joined here with my co-host, the Mafia Montage, at Lance Nelson B.I.B. So let's move on to our next segment here of the Pain Trains Mafia Montage. So how high are the Bills defensive and special teams ranked for fantasy this week, uh, this year montage? So high. No. Um, so the Bills are one uh, projected one spot behind the 49ers defense as the second best uh, fantasy defense and one spot ahead of the Miami Dolphins um, for, again, the best defense in the league so they've got them coming in an overall ranking of 142 in the top 300 um so so good good projection i think it's it's weird to see some of the numbers again i i was looking for some other things other than just you know fantasy pure fantasy stats and things so you know i found this projections um from mike clay and i think it's very interesting especially on the defensive side he's got really low sack numbers on some guys. What do you think the, what would your projection be on Gregory Rousseau's um, sacks this year? Probably like 11 and a half is what I would have it at. You know what I mean? Over under, I put it at about 11 and a half. Do you know what it is? I don't know the over under, but his projection here is 7.3. 7.3. See, like, I, I wow. think he's going to have over that because, you know, Von Miller is expected to be back week one. That's what we've seen as of recently. So I expect that Greg Rousseau's level of play is only going to be elevated by his presence on the football field. I don't see his reason for production. I don't see a reason for fall off in production just because he's going to be back on the football field. So that's something his I want projection to sheet was updated on the 19th. So it's only three days old, really. From the projections, yeah. it just seems the other thing too. Those special teams makes plays, right? You know, we've yeah. seen Naheem Hines return punts, return kicks. That's a big reason why they are ranked at the moment the second DST, and they have been for some years now as one of the higher ranked defensive special team units for fantasy football montage. Sure. And they have Leonard Floyd here at six point two sacks, and it's like he hasn't had less than like eight or nine the last couple of years. So 
that's pretty um if you're gonna go as and wait till you see how low he went on von miller which is the other thing if you're gonna go with von miller not having as many snaps and you're gonna go to leonard floyd and you're gonna pick him at 6.2 sacks and then you have von miller at 4.6 projected sacks i think that's just something and i'm not trying to rag on on mike clay by any means like i said he's doing this for every team in the league and he's got to come up with numbers and you know he's probably got a formula that spits something out but but you know his projection as of three days ago even was that von miller plays like half a year and at just even a half a year that puts him at nine sacks um on a year i don't see it i see um you know if he's healthy and, and he's coming back i uh, expect for russo and miller to both get into double digits in, in the sack category and then ed oliver here at 3.8 sacks um he's not a sack machine but i think with the talent we've added on the edge you're gonna see ed oliver have a dozen or so sacks this year i think he's gonna get into the five six you know, and, and maybe higher, but, you know, I think at least five or six for Ed Oliver, I believe in, in the sack category this year, in my opinion, would be the number I'd be, I'd arrive at. Yeah. At this point, you know, it doesn't matter who gets the sacks. We got to get the sacks. We've got to just make sure we finish plays. And I expect our defense is going to do that this season montage. Great stuff for the paint train segment. And if you guys are just now tuning in, don't forget to hit that like and share, keep those comments flowing. You're live here in the sit down on the Built-In Buffalo Networks, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, presented by Duff's Famous Wings with myself, the Sauce God, and Mafia Montage right here. Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So we're going to move into our next segment here of the unsung hero, which players are going to be the fantasy sleeper. I got two names right here that I want to say, and these aren't even other NFL players. These are specifically Bills players that I want people out there to pay attention to for fantasy this season. Number one, Gabriel Davis. Should he be healthy, he is going to be a guy that is going to get your production. Me and Montez are expecting over 1,000 yards, maybe something like 8, 9, 10 touchdowns, somewhere in that range, maybe 70 catches, right? But Gabriel Davis is very, very explosive. We've seen exactly the types of games he can have. Steers last season. You know, Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs a couple seasons ago, we know that Gabriel Davis can produce should he be healthy, right? So that's a guy that I'm looking at drafting maybe as my wide receiver number two, and that is a guy that last year a lot of people were looking at, but again, I think that his production fell off just because of injury, right? But the other guy that I'm looking at is James Cook, and that's because no more Devin Singletary. You're running back one. You've got the primary role. The guy behind you, Damian Harris, is supposed to be the downhill running back, but James Cook is a guy that also gets it going in the passing game. I expect James Cook to maybe have somewhere north of a 500 receiving yards this year, maybe somewhere north of 40 catches as well, and maybe a total of, I don't know, 700, 800, 900 rushing yards, somewhere in there as well. I expect James Cook to get it going. I expect him to have nothing but confidence after starting his rookie season a little bit on the uh, rough side with a fumble, right? But now you're coming back. You're two. You've got no Devin Singletary in your way. You've got nothing but opportunities. You've got your chance to be the running back one for this Bills offense. I think that James Cook is going to do a lot of things for people's fantasy teams, and you might be able to snag him a lot sooner or a lot, I'm sorry, a lot later in the draft as uh, you might not expect to, right? So, Montage, what do you got for us for which uh, players are fantasy sleepers for the Unsung Hero of the Week? 
Yeah, I know this is going to be very unpopular with most folks, and that's fine. Um, everyone's entitled to their opinion, I think, and this is just mine. Um, with the red zone presence that he's had and the increased um, you know, focus, I think, this year, coming off a little bit of a down year last year, regardless of the addition of Dalton Kincaid, my unsung hero is Dawson Knox. I think that you know that connection is going to be strong. And whether or not he puts up a ton of yards um, remains to be seen. He may only have 400 to 500 yards, but I think what he's going to do is score some touchdowns. And, um, you know, eight to 12 touchdowns potentially for Knox, in my opinion. And those are the things that really count. So even if he has, you know, three, four catches with, you know, 60 yards or, or 45 yards, but if he has a touchdown in there, you know, that's automatically six points. That's getting you over 10 points. Um, in a week. So I think we really got to look out for, for Dawson Knox. I just traded for him in my dynasty league. I'm in a dynasty owner league, which has salary cap and everything, which is kind of a neat way to play fantasy football with um, salary cap added to the mix. And I just traded um, to get Dawson Knox as my tight end. And uh, I let Pat Fryermuth go because I liked the other pieces I was getting in the deal and um, got a rookie draft pick uh, as well. So um I like Dawson Knox as the unsung hero. The other guy, I guess, if we're going to go into the receiving room, um, strictly wide receivers, is I think people are sleep- people are not drafting and really sleeping on um, like a Trent Sherfield, and I, I don't like his projection here was like 174 yards. I think that you know they might. Um, his ability on the outside, I think he's going to surprise some people. I don't think people understand uh, really quite how good and, and how much of a technician Sherfield can be, especially working with, with Diggs now um, and Davis. I think that Sherfield could be a name um, and be an under, you know, kind of under thought of kind of fantasy sleeper. I, I don't think he's going to be someone you need to draft very early, but in the later rounds, when you're really looking for guys that can produce something so that if you have an off week with a guy, with a bunch of guys on a bye week, you can kind of plug him in and, you know, he could have a good game. And I think it's obviously way early in the, in the off season here, um, dog days of summer, as I'm saying. And uh, I think that Sherfield's going to be um, someone that's going to do not necessarily be anything great, but he's going to do better um than than what people are are expecting of him amen to that i like it so real fast i want to highlight this let's get it fellas go bills from the let's talk 716 sports mr buffalo buffalo bobby we appreciate you very much if you guys are just now tuning in don't forget to hit that like and share keep those comments flowing and let's get into our next segment here montage of the weakest link which is going to be this week of who we should avoid betting on in the world of fantasy link of this week is going to be who we should avoid betting or who we should avoid picking in the world of daily fantasy montage for me i hate to say it but it is going to be dawson knox only because of the emergence of the tight end and that's just you know that's no knock on dawson knox but last season we saw a little bit of a fall off in production and i think a lot of that has to do with the loss of his brother and i understand that 
but also still we saw a lot more drops last year from him. So I think that Dalton Kincaid was kind of brought in here to maybe clean that up. Or I don't think he was brought here necessarily just to play in that slot receiver role. I think that Dalton Kincaid was kind of brought here to add more production at the tight end position. I think that Dawson Knox does a really great job in the blocking game, and he could still be very elite receiving as well, but he's got to really step up and show that for me. Uh, for me to, you know, be confident in picking him at all for fantasy this year. So, Montage, who do you got for us for the weakest link uh, this week? Yeah, I'm going to go with Damian Harris. Just And really, the running backs really overall for Buffalo are going to be tough pick in uh, fantasy. But at least with Cook, as you mentioned, has a little upside in the in the catching, you know, in the passing game, he can catch. Um, so if you're in a PPR league, you can definitely have a guy like James Cook as maybe a third to fourth um, running back on your team. So if you get, you know, two decent ones early and then cooks available later in the you know middle of the draft, you can you know, snag him. Um, it's tough the way people might reach or do things with running backs because there are so few productive um, running backs because of this situation. You look at the bills and offenses like the bills who like to go out there and kind of pass first. They don't necessarily set up their whole offense with the rush first. And um, you know, you're going to have some goal line, situations and maybe some some 10 you know red zone opportunities with the running backs here but we'll have to see how they're kind of deployed and how they're utilized before you can really say that a running back from buffalo would be a good option um in in daily fantasy or in fantasy at least yeah, yeah i definitely agree especially when josh allen is expected to be the workload for this Bills offense, right? Not only passing the football, but rushing the football as well. And that's something that Josh Allen has done time in and time out. He's been the leading rusher for the Bills a lot of years that he's played, you know, as well. So I understand that. It's a good comment right there, Mafia Montage. But let's get into our next segment here of the Mafia Montage Maniac of the Week. This week's Mafia Montage, Maniac of the Week, Von Miller, my guy. He's a beast, man. He's recovering. He's going to come back from this ACL. And I think that um, you're going to see a very big difference in Von Miller this year than you did last year. And I think Von Miller deserves to be named this Mafia Montage Maniac of the Week this week. Amen to that. I love that. And real fast, we've got ourselves a super chat coming in. Which bill will start at cornerback Kyir Alam or Christian Benford? $9.99 sent in with a super chat. That's how you get your guys some, yourselves a highlighted comment ASAP right here in the sit down every single week. So montage, I'll, t- I'll take this one. Kyir Alam, that's all day. What do you got? I I can't wait to see this uh, matchup in, in training camp and how this unfolds. I think that Kyir Elam has um, a, a lot of a, a, a better road or a better path to the position based upon the asset they spent on him. Um, but I, they showed last year that the better player is going to play. And Benford was that player last year at the beginning of the season. I think uh, Kerry Elam growing through this summer and having a very confident Tredavious White um, on the other side is going to help. But then you also need to think we've got Micah Hyde and Jordan back so now we have our our safety tandem back to kind of cover and really give elam or benford the confidence that they don't necessarily need to worry about getting beat over the top um the entire game because they know they have guys they can depend on you had Hoyer play in hyde's position last year with hamlin 
and some other guys filling in for Poyer's spot. And I just think that this year, with those two back, you're going to definitely see, you know, a little bit of a difference from those corners because your your corners are now going to be able to um, push up just a little bit and not worry uh, so much about what's going on on the back end because they know those guys have it buttoned up. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But also, um, you're going to have a little bit of a different play caller in Sean McDermott versus Leslie Frazier. So that's going to definitely um, come into account. And look, I think if if Benford wins that job, you really got to start looking at, um, you know, what did did we really miss um, in that pick that we traded up for and getting Kyer Elam. Amen to that. And of course, that's going to be the Mafia Montage Mini Anchor of the Week. And that's another comment highlighted via Super Chat coming from Johnny. Appreciate you very much. We appreciate every single one of your comments. Keep them comments flowing week after week live here in the sit down, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Built the Buffalo Networks Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And that is the Mafia Montage Mini Anchor of the Week. And that's going to lead us into our next segment here of Getting Saucy. This week's getting saucy. I'm not wearing any sunglasses. I actually want to just go ahead and say this to everybody out there watching. You know, if you have an opportunity to add positivity to somebody else's day, just go ahead and do it. You know, because when you have positive mindset, you have a positive attitude, you have a positive sense about your whole entire life. You can not only make other people's lives better, but you can make your own life better as well. So I want to say everybody out there. You know, if you have an opportunity to be nice to somebody, do it, man, because I'm sick and tired of watching all the, the, the hate in this world. I'm sick and tired of watching all the trolling in this world. Just be out there. Be happy for other people's success so you can go out there and be happy for your own success as well, man. Just be out there positive nonstop. That's the kind of vibes that I want to promote. I wanted to take a moment just to be a little bit less, you know, wild and rambunctious and show you guys, hey, this is a serious life that we live. Make the best of it one day at a time and join us back here next Thursday. 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on the Built-In Buffalo Networks Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. This is the sit-down presented by Duff's Famous Wings. Again, for Built-In Buffalo, who is in partnership with PLB Sports, Picasso's Pizza, West Her, Ticket IQ, Underdog Fantasy, and Duff's Famous Wings, hosted by myself right here, the Buffalo Sauce God, at Buffalo Sauce God, and my co-host, the Mafia Montage, the president of Built-In Buffalo, at Lance Nelson BIB, Thursday nights, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll see you next Thursday. God bless, and go Bills. Bills.